from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hey, thanks for turning us on. This is WIA National News. I'm Graham VK4BB. This edition for the good year of 2014, it's October 26. Pico balloon flights test weak signals. A party-type Pico balloon carrying a payload was launched from Melbourne on Saturday, October 18 and tracked to Tamworth, New South Wales, between Sydney and Brisbane. It was launched by Andy VK3YT, who says that during the flight, solar-powered Pico balloon PS23 was heard on WSPR as far away as the United States by Whiskey 8 Alpha Charlie in Ohio. The tracking of the 25 milliwatt balloon involves stations in VK1, 2, 3, 5, 6, 7 and ZL1 using Olivia and JT65 on 30 and 20 metres. Andy VK3YT says PS23 landed near Tamworth to be recovered by a team of scouts from the local Jota led by Ashley VK2XSO and Ron VK2HRD. It was launched again on Sunday, but this time with payload number two using JT-9. That flight landed in the Tasman on Sunday night. Both balloons were tracked all the way to ground level by Richard VK-6XT and Bob ZL-1RS many thousands of kilometres away and apart. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK6, it can be heard on the linked repeater network originating from VK6 RAP at 9am Sunday morning. I'm Chris, Victor Kilo 6, Fox Charlie Bravo Golf. More Anzac 100 articles are wanted. But it's thanks to those who have indicated they have articles and photos for the Anzac 100 series appearing in WIA Journal Amateur Radio magazine and a summary of most articles also appearing here on the VK1 WIA broadcast. The role of editing them is that of WIA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV. The material he receives is also being filed in the WIA archives. Australia is starting to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the landing at Gallipoli Cove of the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps in April 2015. More articles about the role of radio amateurs during World War One, Two, or later conflicts, including Korea and Vietnam, are most welcome. Contact WIA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV, with your ideas. This week it's to VK4, where the search for historical information has found Alan Gardner, VK4 Bravo Whiskey Golf, typical of many radio amateurs with a great interest in radio from youth, serving during the war and later joining amateur radio ranks. Alan did not obtain his amateur licence until 1984, but had an interest in radio from about 1929 when he helped his father build a crystal set. This was followed by a two-valve regenerative receiver capable of receiving all Australian states, at times New Zealand, and occasionally some high-powered stations in the USA. At that time, schoolboys frequently had the desire to transmit a signal. Alan was bitten by the bug and one day, with the help of a mate, set up a Model T Ford spark coil and coupled it to his mother's backyard clothesline. The only report of reception he had was verbal from the next-door neighbour, whose Strongberg Carlson receiver with push-pull 2A3 output valves and decent speakers blasted out his raucous signal over the entire neighbourhood. The RIs didn't have sufficient time to locate the source of interference because the transmission was immediately terminated by two very concerned schoolboys. 
Wartime saw Allen in the RAAF 100 Squadron, flying in Beauforts as a navigator. CW was used with Aldous lamps and also an AT5 transmitter with an AR8 companion receiver. Ham Radio, as I said, did not come for Alan until quite late when his wife said, look, stop talking, get that ham ticket as soon as we retire. This he did, and from a retirement property near Gympie, where he put together a small antenna farm, Alan Gardner, Victor Kilo for Bravo Whiskey Golf, had many contacts worldwide with only 50 watts. Locally produced, nationally voiced, globally heard. We are VK1 WIA. WIA Board Talk. And just a reminder, our president is Phil Waite, VK2 ASD. Vice President, Chris Platt, VK5 CP. Secretary is David Williams, VK3 RU. And Treasurer, John Longrow, VK3 PZ. The 2015 WIA call book is now available for purchase. Orders can be placed via the WIA publications category of the online bookshop. WI-affiliated clubs are invited to purchase the core book in bulk for sale at club functions, ham fests, etc. And Amateur Radio is the monthly magazine produced by the Wireless Institute of Australia in both print and now in an online downloadable format for the benefit of WIA members. The November edition is now online and available for members to download and read. Hello, I'm Bob, VK3SX, WIA Federal Awards Manager. This month has seen advancements with the online award system. 1. The introduction of the FCALL DX leaderboard into the WIA online system. We invite all FCALLs who are WIA members and into DXing to register with MEMNET and upload their ADIF electronic log file to the online system. The rules can be found on the online WIA award system. FCALLs must operate within their licence restrictions and a minimum of 25 DXCC countries must be verified. Go to the login page for details. The FCALL DX leaderboard has been sponsored by ODXG. The winner will be announced at the WIA AGM 2015 and receive a plaque for their achievements. 2. The introduction of the International Registration for Foreign Applicants and PayPal Payment for their annual subscription to the online system. This is a major access refinement and their ADIF log files can be uploaded. Registration requires certification and citing of their licence as well as their payment. Go to the login page for details also. 3. All upgrades and additional awards will only be via the online award system. This has been approved by the WIA Executive and from January the old Excel system will no longer exist. Registration with NEMNET needs to be applied for all those that wish to participate in the online system, which is a user-friendly system requiring ADIF log file uploads to maintain award tallies and access all other awards that your uploads will automatically calculate. 4. So far this year we have issued 283 new awards. We only have 144 currently registered users. QSOs uploaded to our database, 730,915. A breakdown of the electronic validation of QSOs are as follows. LOTW, 167,671. 
EQSL 92,169, paper 17,549. So the easy validation of Logbook of the World and EQSL are a major contribution to user totals. Our club log reference has proved 100% correct. And we thank Michael, G7, VJR and his team for their valuable support. All information can be seen on the awards website at the WIA location. Go to the login page and register your interest and find out how easy it is to use and apply for our many world-class awards. 73s, this is Bob, VK3SX. Thanks, Bob. Now, around VK in about three seconds, VK3, Homebrew Construction Group. The group meets Saturday, November 1. Guest speaker, David Smith, VK3HZ, presenting a discussion on microwaves. The WIA Journal Amateur Radio columnist and microwave distance record holder is sure to be of interest and be very informative. The meeting is at Amateur Radio Victoria Rooms, 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton, at 2pm. All are welcome to attend. What use is an F-call? Last week I shared my personal close encounter with a drill. If you missed it, the experience contained a particularly act of stupidity on my part, so much so that I still cannot reconstruct in my mind which part of it I ever thought was a good idea. Walking around and sharing my silliness seemed to encourage others to share their own acts of foolhardiness, from holding an avocado in the left hand and prying the pit from the centre with a sharp knife, through to using a chisel that managed to damage a large part of someone's thumb, with nails no longer growing properly, through to using a drill in the webbing of a hand, chopping off parts of people's anatomy, getting rings caught, you name it, I've heard so many first-hand stories that frankly boggle the mind. Apart from resisting the urge to write down each of these stories, I found myself looking for a common denominator. Mostly it turns out to be impatience. With that newly learnt lesson, I picked up my drill with a different eye this week. Of course, when you're building things, oftentimes it doesn't quite go as planned. But I noticed that once I started to become impatient with whatever was going on, I stopped what I was doing, took a breath and had another look. I bought a vice, adding an essential tool to the mix, and I hope my new radar for impatience will stand me in good stead once I get myself into another pickle. Silliness is clearly not something new. It's everywhere. When was the last time you did something really silly? I'm Ono, VK6 Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Now with international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. The Ford Motor Company is developing a driver's seat that will monitor a driver's heart activity and that it hopes could one day reduce the number of accidents and fatalities that occur as a result of motorists having heart attacks behind the wheel, the company has said in a statement. Engineers from Ford's European Research Centre in Germany began working closely with Archen University on the prototype in 2011. The seat employs electrocardiograph technology that monitors the heart's electrical impulses and detects signs of irregularity that can provide an early warning that a driver should seek medical advice because he might be impacted by a heart attack 
or other cardiovascular issues, Ford Motor Company said. The prototype has six sensors built into the seat and will work through the driver's clothing, unlike sensors in a doctor's office that require direct skin contact. Big Sunspot produces X-Flare. Solar activity increased sharply on October 19th when a huge Sunspot AR2192 unleashed an X1-class solar flare. The blast produced an HF radio blackout on the day side of Earth and it likely hurled a CME into space. Sold. From one of the first Apple computers to a Charles Darwin letter discussing barnacle sex, a major auction of technological and scientific artefacts this week gave a fascinating glimpse into the great minds that helped shape our world. Spanning centuries, the 288 items in the sale are estimated to have raised around $2 million when they went under the hammer at auction house Bonhams on Wednesday. Also included was a window, a window used during the very first atomic bomb tests in the mid-1940s. IARU seeks to rein in electromagnetic interference. The International Amateur Radio Union, IARU Administrative Council AC, has called upon ITU signatory nations to take steps to ensure that the operation of electrical apparatus or installations of any kind including power and telecommunication distribution networks, does not cause harmful interference to amateur radio operations. The AC said new technologies such as wireless power transfers are likely to be deployed widely in the near future and it expressed deep concern that present standards, regulations and enforcement resources are inadequate to protect radio services including amateur radio from harmful interference. Names in the log. John Bigley, November 7 Uniform Radio, has been named as the 2014 ARRL Pacific Division Ham of the Year at the recently held Pacificon ARRL Pacific Division Convention in Santa Clara, California. Congratulations, John. Auntie Beeb. The BBC has launched BBC Genome. It's project to publish a comprehensive history of every radio and TV program ever broadcast by the corporation. BBC Genome lets viewers and listeners search millions of programs, cast details, writers and transmission dates of past BBC shows as listed in 4,469 editions of Radio Times helping fans find details about that long-forgotten loved BBC program research a particular person or find their very own appearance on the BBC. The project scanned over 4 million program records from Radio Times between 1923 and 2009. Washington Wires The United States Department of Veteran Affairs plans to build a USA-wide high-frequency radio network to connect its medical facilities in case of an emergency that knocks out other forms of communications applying century-old technology to current needs. VA said in a contracting notice Tuesday it intends to award a five-year fixed-price indefinite delivery, indefinite quality contract for the fully functional turnkey emergency high-frequency radio network. Veterans Affairs plans to issue a formal request for proposals by October 31. North to Alaska A pair of radio amateurs in the Yukon Territory recently used ham radio to get information to a search and rescue campsite to the command centre 
in one of those situations where all else fails. With more on this cold case, it's to Amateur Radio Newsline. The situation was that Terry Hoff, VY1MAP, was a member of a search and rescue team that was on an active hunt for a missing teenager. The command center they had set up was approximately 22 miles north of the city of Whitehorse at Lake LaBerge. The location put them out of cell phone coverage and the satellite phone they had with them was not working. As such, there was no way to call for additional resources or send status reports. Enter ham radio. At this point, VY1MAP used his mobile ham station to contact Ray Fugard, VY1RF, in Whitehorse using a local 2-meter repeater that covered both areas. During that QSO, Hoff was able to pass some important traffic to and from the Search and Rescue Command Center. Soon after, the missing young man was found and all ended well. Tyne Bronick, S50A, who is the chairman of the next World Radio Sport Team Championship Sanctioning Committee, has announced that Germany has been chosen as the site of the 2018 WRTC Games. Specifically, the event will be hosted by an oversight organization made up of the German National Amateur Radio Society, DARC, the Bavarian Contest Club, and Rhein-Ruhr-DX Association. According to S50A, the German application was very well prepared, and knowing their combined experience, another outstanding competition among the world's best contesters is expected four years from now. The career of Steve Herman, W7VOA, is the subject of an interesting interview appearing in the current issue of the Overseas Press Club of America newsletter. In it, Herman, who serves as the voice of America's Southeast Asia Bureau Chief, and its correspondent, answers questions about his education, how he got started as a news journalist, the languages he speaks, and much more. Three researchers, one from the United States and two from Japan, have been awarded the 2014 Nobel Prize in Physics. This for their roles in developing light-emitting diodes that produce a blue glow. Isamu Akasaki with Mayo University and Nagoya University Hiroshi Amano of Nagoya University and Shuji Nakamura with the University of California at Santa Barbara are the 2014 recipients. They will be sharing the $1.1 million prize for choosing materials and developing the techniques that have made possible the blue-toned light-emitting diode. The TRIO's collective breakthrough have led to lamps that last for decades and consume far less power than either incandescent or fluorescent bulbs to provide the same amount of light. The blue LEDs have made possible today's flat panel, full-color computer monitors and TV screens and are used in lasers for Blu-ray DVD players and higher-density data storage like using Blu-ray DVD units. It was also noted that blue-emitting LEDs combined with storage batteries and solar charging panels could eventually allow more than 1 billion people worldwide to move from no lighting at all to electric lighting without using local gas or diesel generators or regional power plants to provide it. The three researchers will receive their award at a ceremony in Stockholm, Sweden on December 10th. NASA's Mars Atmosphere and Volatile Evolution, or MAVEN Orbiter, has yet to begin its formal science mission, but it is already radioing back clear images and crucial data about the fourth planet's upper atmosphere. The spacecraft entered orbit around Mars September 21st. Only nine days later, it imaged a coronal mass ejection from the sun's surface. The early observations are already providing scientists with hints as to how the red planet's atmosphere changed over time. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. 
I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ. CQ contest. After considerable deliberation, CQ has determined that the best course of action regarding Crimea and CQ contests is to follow the lead of the United Nations and the United States government, both of which continue to consider Crimea to be a part of Ukraine, until such time as the political situation there is resolved. Therefore, logs will not be accepted for any CQ contest from stations in Crimea, operating with Russian-issued call signs. Contacts made by others with those stations will be removed from the contestants' logs without penalty. No contact or multiplier credits will be given. Awards Victoria National Park's period has record activations. Plenty of support from VK2 and VK5 has seen next month's Keith Rocher Memorial National Parks Award reach a record of 31 activated parks and more than 40 portable stations. John Williams, VK2, AWJ, will be in the Barmah, Lower Goulburn and Burrower Pine Mountain National Parks. While Larry Mums, VK5, LY, is at the Murray Sunset, Paul Simmons, VK5, PAS, at the Lower Glenelg, Mount Eccles and Mount Richmond. With John Dawes, VK5, BJE, at Hatar Kalkine. The cross-border activations from VK2 and VK5 support those in VK3, taking the overall number of stations so far to 44. Most activities on 40 metres, although other bands will be in use. More registrations are very welcome. The Keith Rocher Memorial National Park's ward activity period is November 13th to the 17th, attracting both activators and those working them. Special event stations DX, Beacon, Repeater and Advice. KH8B JH3PR is reported to be on the ease and call KH8B from Pago Pago and will be there until October 27th. Activities on 160 to 10 metres, QSL via JH3PRR, preferably using Logbook of the World. 7P8NH G3RWF is heading back to Southern Africa for a five-week holiday. He will begin operation in Lesotho as 7P8NH between December 11th and the 14th. Listen for him on the higher bands on CW only. QSL via G3RWF for VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service in VK5. It can be heard on VK5RLZ on 439.975 MHz at 0900 hours Sunday. I'm Alan. VK5, Mike Alpha Kilo. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, CW. Morse code key for Apple iOS 8. If you have a device running Apple's new iOS 8 operating system, then you can now add an app that'll permit sending Morse code from that unit. Morse code telegraph keyboard plugs directly into your iPhone's keyboard and lets you send dots and dashes right from within iMessage or your favourite email app. The most interesting feature of the keyboard app is its relatively lack of keys. It only includes the bare essentials of a J38 looking key and a handy Morse code alphabet and numbers guide.
If you want to give it a try, Morse code Telegraph Keyboard is available at the App Store. Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA. It's with more than a little trepidation that I give you heads up on a forthcoming de-expedition. So many that are planned seem to never hit the air, but IOTA AS-166 is a little different. It's a multinational team of operators from Belgium, the Netherlands and Greece who will be active as EP6T pending from Kish Island, Islamic Republic of Iran, January 2015. Reportedly, it took nearly three years of negotiations and a reconnaissance trip by Patrick ON4HIL to Tehran, which finally resulted in obtaining a legal licence to operate with a team of 10 people for 14 days. Specific dates are yet to be announced for the January jaunt, and activity will be on all HF bands 160 through 10 metres using CW, SSB and RITI. Worldwide Special Interest Group's QRP and Weak Signal Communication. Melbourne QRP by the Bay, Saturday, November the 8th. If you're into QRP, home brewing and HF antennas, then don't miss Melbourne QRP by the Bay. Enthusiastic amateurs will gather on Chelsea Beach and work the world with simple antennas. If you've got your ham ticket and haven't done much HF, then it's a great opportunity to see how it's done with 5 or 10 watts. It's actually easier than you think. VK3YE Peter Parker told WIA National News that the venue will be the Chelsea Beach near Victory Park and the Chelsea Long Beach Surf's Life Saving Club. The date, Saturday 8th of November from 3pm. That's Saturday, November the 8th, anytime from 3pm. QRP by the Bay is an informal gathering. Bring any radio-related projects, equipment, antennas or accessories. Stay as short or as long as you like and the venue is family-friendly with numerous parks and food outlets nearby. This will be the third Melbourne QRP by the Bay. It was previously held in November, then February this year. A suggested theme is portable DX antennas. Spread out along the beach, put up an antenna and work DX. Google QRP by the Bay 2014 for more details. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. By all accounts, last weekend's Joda was a great success and also it's thanks to those who contacted us to say thanks for a special Joda news service. One Joda station that ticked a few boxes and did something not only a little different but certainly worthwhile was ON8RT. This was the first Brussels British Scouts ON8RT MCOM field station running during Jota 2014. The true spirit of scouting was on display at the first Brussels British Scouts. The youngsters found practical solutions to install an emergency communications field antenna and demonstrated the concentration required to identify and log scout radio stations they heard on 40 metres shortwave band. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Indian hams communicate disaster traffic. The worst affected areas in coastal India, hint by the recent severe cyclone Hudhud, were reliant on amateur radio communications for more than a week. The loss of life has been put at 43. The powerful storm made landfall on October the 12th, inundating three coastal areas and thousands took shelter at 300 relief camps. The cyclonic storm brought wind gusts of up to 210 kilometres per hour and heavy rain in the Bay of Bengal, the largest in the world. National Disaster Communications Coordinator Jay Bide, VU2JAU, said that three main coastal districts were affected. Worst hit was the town of Visag. He said that all communications with that town 
and the wider region was via radio amateurs who set up an effective emergency communications network. JU, VU2JAU, reports that without electricity supply, with no mobile phone towers or telephone lines, the emergency communications provided by radio amateurs was very smooth. Authorities were very happy with a dozen hams who worked hard to help. Slowly, the situation was returning to normal, reports JU, VU2JAU, while the clean-up was expected to take a bit longer. Well, that's all the news I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well, a screeching halt, we've reached the end of WIA National News. Just a bit of time left to have a look at the social scene for November. November 2 in VK5, it's Hamfest, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society. November 8 at VK3, it's Chelsea Beach, the Melbourne QRP Day Gathering. November 9, 2 in VK3, it's the VHF and UHF Microwave Experimenters Day. And it's also the Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group's Hamfest at the Gary Cooper Pavilion. November 15 in VK7, my Enna Hamfest. And Spark, SPARC's Hamfest at Rosebud, happens in VK3, November 30. I'm Graham VK4BB. Thanks for tuning our way as you're going your way. I'll catch you next week. Until then, walk softly. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contact from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions. www.wia.org.au From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.